Promo Kitchen is a nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you're a new listener, the PK Podcast is a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $20 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, CEO of Common Skew, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow chef, Jessica Hutwelker with Sunrise Identity in Seattle. In today's episode, we are going to take a look at the aging state of the promotional products industry as it pertains to our workforce today. While age translates into experience and stability on one hand, we also need to position our industry as attractive to the younger generations. Other industries like the media, advertising, and technology industries are great examples of sectors that have done a very good job of attracting younger people into their ranks. There is no question that the success and health of our industry is directly related to our ability to recruit young talent going forward. And that brings us to today's guest. Seth Barnett is the Government Relations Manager for PPAI. As a government relations leader for the industry, he communicates with federal and state governments to help manage and protect the industry and its businesses. Part of his job description is to think about how to make our industry attractive to the next generation. And he's a good person for the job, given that he sees the industry through the eyes of a 28-year-old. Seth is young, creative, and dynamic, exactly the kind of person who we need to recruit into the industry going forward. Seth, it's awesome to have you on the podcast today, my friend. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Seth, I think for the benefit of the Promo Kitchen community, can you tell us as a millennial yourself what attracted you to the promotional products industry in the first place? Absolutely. And my background is a little bit different from a person that traditionally gets into the industry because I got into the association side of things based yeah. on my education and previous experience and then ended up in the promotional products industry kind of through the back door. And so I really didn't have a previous knowledge of the industry or anything that took place in the industry before I got involved. And so what really brought me here was the open opportunity to be able to walk into something that I was completely unfamiliar with, plug in the ideas, the education, the resources that I had had previously, and use that to help promote and to better the industry that I was serving. Mm. And so it's something that I've had to completely start from scratch. I've had to learn everything about the industry I've had to learn the different dynamics of it, and through that, I've learned some of the gaps that are presented through the generation, and specifically what we can do to try to target that moving forward. So while I definitely consider myself an advocate for this industry, I'm still not necessarily in the industry just because I represent it and still on the association side of things. But like I said, it's been an opportunity to learn from scratch, to start from the very beginning and learn my way up. and. I'm really appreciative of this industry and the people in it. You know, I'm curious. So take me back to the first show you went to. So you've been at PPAI for how many years now, Seth? Almost three years. Okay, three years. So you were 25 when you first started at PPAI. You were a total newbie, as you said. Your first expo, you walk the floor, you walk in. What is your impression of the industry as a 25-year-old when at the expo? 
That's an excellent question, specifically because when I took this position, it was two weeks before the expo started. Oh, gosh. And everybody said to me, you have no idea what you're walking into. This is going to be the most challenging week of your life. And I have to say, the first time that I ever walked on the show floor, I thought, wow, this is so much bigger than I ever anticipated. And it's so much more dynamic than I could have thought of. But at the end of that week, I looked back and I realized, man, this is awesome. This is such a great industry because we're a tangible industry. It makes sense, especially for the type of job that I was being asked to do, which was help to protect and promote the industry as a whole. It's easy for me to be able to go in and give examples whenever we've got a tangible industry. So walking into it was something completely new, and I'm so happy to have had that experience right in the beginning because as soon as I came back, I was ready to hit the ground running. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew what the challenges that were lying ahead of me. And every year I go back to the expo now, and this most recent one being my third one, and I get a fresh perspective and a, and a fresh sense of what we can do next as, a, as an association to better the industry. I think that first one really set me up well just to be able to learn and experience firsthand. And it's something that a lot of people, especially on the outside of the industry, even the people that work within our trade association don't get to do. And it, it helps so much because it makes so much more sense whenever you can see it. You can see the business being done. Right. I'll just ask one last one here and then let Jess jump in with a couple. The answer to your first question, you mentioned that there were gaps and that from the perspective of PPAI, you're aware of the gaps that exist in our industry today as it relates to making the industry attractive to the next generation. I don't, I don't want to be putting words in your mouth, but I think that that's what I heard. What are those gaps in your view? Well, as I've learned and progressed in the industry, I've noticed some of those gaps like you talk about, and it's completely different in each situation. It's something that makes this industry unique is that it's not just about the products. It's about the businesses and the background and why people got into the industry and why their parents or grandparents or, or whomever started the company and chose this industry and went down this path. So I think that each company is a little bit different, but I've definitely seen how there are few young people in the industry and there are few ways for businesses to reach out to that younger generation and make the industry more appealing. And everybody does it a little bit different. Everybody's got a different idea about what that may look like and whether it's how they market themselves as a company or some of the things that they provide to the employees or the company culture or the dynamic they're trying to create. But I think where the gap is, is this industry many years ago was easy to get into if, if you needed something that I heard it put very well to me at this year at Expo. I talked to a lady that had been in it for 30 years and somebody told her about it. Within a week, she was working in the industry out of her house. She said, and then I realized after a few months, hey, I can make a lot of money in this and then I've never left. That's a great piece of this industry. It's a great part about the history of the industry. However, the changes come because that's not how to reach out to the younger generation anymore. It's not about going and telling them, hey, you can make a lot of money, you can work from home, you can you know, have these certain benefits. The younger generation wants more. They want something different. They want to be able to say, why is this company going to be something I want to stick with for the next however many years? Why do they want me to come in, and what am I able to do differently than the next candidate? And so I'm started to see a developing trend 
that's within the industry, but it's how the industry tacks on to some other different things like marketing, advertising industries, and particularly, Mark, your company, Rightslave, does a really good job at just trying to make yourself marketed as something other than just a promotional products company. And you label yourself as a promotional products agency, and you have different resources that younger people can tap into and kind of create their own sense of culture within your company. And while that's not available to everybody, it's just something that people should think about if they've got a younger generation of people that are starting to get to the point of retirement and they need to try to remarket themselves and rebrand themselves to the younger generation. They need to be able to say, what can I do to make my company a little bit shinier, a little bit more friendlier to the younger generation? And like I say, it looks different at different companies, and it's something that's a growing and developing trend within the industry, but it's a very small amount of people that are actually taking the opportunity to do that. Right. Seth, I'm so glad that you're on this podcast. And, you know, one of the amazing things about Seth and being a millennial is that PPAI has done a really beautiful job of exhibiting what the potential is for someone. For Seth to come in at 25 and three years later be government relations manager, that's really huge. You know, they notice the talent and they're embracing his enthusiasm and drive to move the needle. And I think that there's a lot of people in that generation, myself included, who were driven to make change, were driven to innovate, were, were driven to contribute and, and make a difference. And so we're, we're being drawn to companies that notice that, acknowledge it, support it, and validate it. And that brings about more creativity and change. So I think it's just so phenomenal. You know, we want that. It's not sales anymore. You know, I think that our industry, as you look at agent, you know, moving to an agency trend or, you know, anything like that, it's about really becoming an advocate, becoming an advocate for the client, the brand, the industry, and being passionate about that and caring a lot. It's, so it's, it's a different focus. I think the Gen Ys and Millennials, they want to be called to it. They want to be involved in something that really matters to them and, and that, they can create positive change in. So, Seth, do you have a couple of ideas that you have in mind on engaging millennials more beyond marketing and things that you mentioned? I do, and you mentioned a good point. You talked about why this trade association, why PPAI itself made themselves marketed well to me and why they've continued to be able to help me stay engaged is because there's really that open-door idea to what culture is. And in fact, back mid-year last year, uh, President and CEO Paul Bellantone asked the staff, how do you define culture and how are we doing things to establish a sense of culture for you personally and then what can we be doing differently? And I reached out to him and I said, I think each generation can answer that completely differently. The way that I see my generation answering that call to that cause would be to say that culture is different depending on each person, and yeah. everybody defines culture a little bit differently. For example, my sense of culture here is because I've been given the opportunity to grow and develop and am encouraged to grow and develop on multiple levels, not just here's your job, here's your job title, now grow and develop within these walls. I've been able to learn more and to experience more outside of that norm, and it helps me stay engaged. Just like something like this opportunity to get out and speak about a younger generation moving into the industry, that's something that's kind of aside from what I do regularly, but I think it's so important 
that that's something that helps me stay engaged. That's part of my defining a sense of culture here. And I think that if companies are open to that idea, they're open to that possibility, open to the possibility of not saying, no, you're going to stick within your space, your space is identified. And I think if they can break down that barrier and open up the opportunity to get varying senses of culture and not try to sit down and define what culture is, it really helps. It definitely helps whenever you're marketing to new people that don't know the industry at all to be able to say, we're fun and dynamic and different and here's why, but then also to retain those people. And I think that's so key is I, I think there are so many companies within this industry that could easily go out and market their services and their business to a younger generation and get those people in the door, but then it's about trying to retain those people, getting them to grow within your company, getting their sense of culture to help better define you as, as a company within this industry. Right. If I could add a point, you know, I think empowerment is the same thing. You know, everyone has a different definition of what empowerment in the workplace is for the individual and, and how they can grow. And I think one of the biggest drives for a lot of maybe most generations, but I think particularly for millennials, is the opportunity to expand and grow in their expertise and what they have to offer and in their roles. And I think one of the things that I have been so grateful for joining Sunrise is that I've approached the owner, Mitch, with some different ideas and said, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And I give him my thoughts, and he's like, I love it. Run it. Do it. And that's just so amazing. It's that want that creates engagement, and you want to get other people involved in collaboration. And that's what helps culture, too, is that, you know, recognizing what other people have to contribute to help making the workplace better, you know, so it's, it's just so important. I think that no question there's an opportunity in the industry, but I think that one of the most significant challenges that we're still up against as an industry is that when you look out at Expo, this is the reason why I asked this question, Seth, you look out at Expo, there's only so many sunrises that are out there. And in fact, and you may be able to, to validate this, that the sunrises of the world are in fact in the minority. And I think that what, in my experience as an employer of many millennials over the years, is that they're generally looking for more security when it comes to how they're compensated. So this idea of uh, eat what you kill, commission only, 50-50 split, which has long been the hallmark of the industry, doesn't resonate as much with younger employees. I think additionally, what you said, Jess, about going into the owner's office, in this case, Mitch's office, and saying, hey, I've got a great idea, and Mitch is a great guy, and of course he's going to let you run with it because he is one of those types of employers. But if you look at the typical profile of the industry, if you go back, say, 25, 30 years ago, an owner would have hired a commission-only salesperson, and that person's job, I'm making a generalization here, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say it, <laughs> that their person's job was not to think about creative ideas and how to move the business forward. Their job was to hit their darn number. And if they didn't hit their darn number, then they didn't cover their draw or they just didn't get paid anything. And then really what they were was a bunch of commission contract 1099 employees with no investment whatsoever into the company. And all they're doing is just selling a product for a quick buck. Now, I know I'm making a generalization, but there's a lot of people that have yeah. got into the industry that way. And I think to some extent, I think the associations have been complicit in that. 
So while I know that that might be coming across as somewhat of a negative comment, here's my question for you, Seth. On one hand, I look at the industry and I say, the industry is amazing and there's so many dynamic creative people that are in it, but it's got to be so hard for you at PPAI to speak this kind of creative, young, sexy marketing line that is going to speak to people like Jess, who are very much in the minority. And at the same time, you've also got this huge base of more tenured members who have been used to doing business the same way for decades. And if you go and change your approach to be totally radically different, then the major advertisers and the big base are going to revolt. So how do you balance the communication to an industry that needs to get younger when you've got a lot of people who are very happy with the status quo? Hmm. Right. That's a great question because that's exactly the, the problem that we're going to face more and more, especially as we start to see that generational divide come across more in coming years within the industry. At least we hope to see more of the young people get involved. And I think the answer lies outside of us. It lies out within the industry. It's, yeah. it's about trying to make the older generations realize that, hey, this is going to be okay. This is going to work for your business. These people might come in and have crazy ideas, but at the end of the day, they're in it for you. They're in it for your business, and you can gain from that. And then to go to the younger generation and say, this other generation might not like all of your ideas. They might not appreciate your place within this industry, but you have to keep at it. Yeah. And as you keep at it, you'll, you'll start to grow and develop and understand each other a little bit more. But when I say it's about more than us, it's about the industry being able to educate each other yeah. or, or the, the right sleeves and the sunrises of the industry to be able to go in and talk to some of the other companies that have been around for decades and being able to say, this is what we do and it works. It might not be for you, but give it a shot. Mm. And ultimately, you never know what's going to happen down the road, but I think if we can kind of bridge that gap with the people that are already doing some things very effectively within yeah. the industry, yeah. at the end of the day, we're all going to be in a better place. Yeah. Wasn't there a statistic that, what was it, by 2020, the workforce is going to split from being mostly baby boomers to mostly millennials? Mm. So you've got five years to work on, <laughs> you know, making this adaptation and the shift because it's going to happen. And if you look at the digital era and, you know, everything just keeps moving up. I'm, I can't remember what law is that, you know, every 18 months, you know, it's so much better than it was before. But, you know, I think in, in that way, too, in our industry, if we don't keep innovating and moving forward, we're going to get lost in the shuffle. And, you know, sales are just, you're right, Mark, when you said, like, straight commission, I would never go into it. I would never go into sales a straight commission because what if I fail? You know, and that's, you know, a big thing, too, I think, for a lot of people, but I think, too, for Millennials, it's like we don't want to fail. We want to be challenged, but we want to also be set up to succeed. So yeah. I think for years I had wanted to go into sales, but the thought of being straight commission just scared me because I knew how great I, I think I'm going to be great at it, but how will I know? And you know, so even looking around at opportunities, most companies are 100% commission, and you're going to scare away talent and potential. You know, and you're only going to attract the people that are like, yeah, I know how to sell. I can sell an Eskimo ice cream or, you know, whatever. Right. But you're, you're losing out on the opportunity for true innovation and creativity and, and different ways to do things and, and shake up the model. Yeah. I think what ultimately it comes down to, and this is just my own humble opinion, is that I think what 
we need as an industry, and I make these comments from the, from a position of strength. I mean, I think this industry is a very strong industry as it exists today, so I don't want to come across as negative. But I think in order to build upon this great foundation that we have right now, we need more investment by the suppliers and the distributors, effectively the employers in this industry, in not only their people, so investing in base salaries, investing in training outside of the employee side, investing in branding, investing in things beyond covering a salesperson's gas bill and catalogs, which is really just scratching the tip of the surface in terms of how it is that you can sell. And Jess, as you're saying, you would have never taken a job if you were handed a catalog and the yellow pages and, and told to go hit the streets. But you're a lot more attracted to organizations. I mean, of course, you worked at MatchUp before, another great company that has also invested a lot in its people, invested a lot in its branding, yeah. and invested a lot in more than the fact that they can sell pens and notebooks, which I think is from an old age that just does not exist. I don't think it exists as much anymore. And I think whenever I speak to any business owners, whenever I've had the opportunity to do speaking engagements within the industry, I get a, a bunch of people that say, well, why would I invest in anything other than just a salesperson? Like, I don't get it. I don't know how I'd get a return. And it concerns me that that's the prevailing attitude with a fairly large segment within the industry. And I think that if that shifted, then I think we would start to see a much stronger foundation for growth going forward and one that would be very, very attractive to the next generation, which is looking for something so different than what, you know, our parents did or grandparents did when they were coming into this industry. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My dad has always been in sales and so I grew up seeing him and witnessing that. And I think there's a lot of us that are like, oh, my parents were in sales or my grandparents or, you know, whatever. And there's a little uh, about it that we don't want to be coming across as a salesman. And so I think that's why I really liked the post the other day about being an advocate, you know, being an advocate for your client, for your company and the brand and the industry. You know, there's just a different tone to it, and it just seems to represent a lot more than just being a salesy guy or, or girl, you know, just trying to make a buck. You know, it's, it's about building value and partnership and collaboration across the board with all parties. Yeah. Hey, Seth, question for you. Talk to me about the promotional products work week and the thinking that went into that and then how that has resonated specifically around how it makes the industry more attractive to people like Jess. I don't know if there's any data on that or whether that was the purpose of promotional products work week, but uh, I, I'd just be curious given the topic of making the industry more attractive to millennials. Right, and it absolutely is. That's a big piece. It's a big component of it. It's to take the message of this industry outside of the walls of the industry and to try to, to better educate those out there, whoever they may be. I mean, there are multiple aspects of Promotional Products Work Week, as an example, that reach out to different people in different ways to try to target as many people as possible. And while there are certainly parts of it that will resonate more with one particular person or another, there's the big aspect of it that reaches out to the younger generation to try to educate the people, that, specifically the ones that are still at a university level, and trying to say, here's another option for you. And I don't know if the perspective of this has changed specifically within this industry, but younger people that are in college, they're about to graduate, the older generation wanted to know, I've got a job, I'm going to be good, we're set. The younger generation wants to know, okay, if I've got a job, what's in it for me five years from now? And if I don't want this job, do I have another option? 
And so I think we do a good job, and the industry does a good job at points in the year, specifically Promotional Products Work Week, to be able to say, here's another option for you. Keep yeah. this in mind because you might not have known about it. Because yeah, good point. this industry is, is a very closely guarded secret, and it's a great secret, but there are opportunities like that where it doesn't need to be a secret anymore. Whenever you've got these marketing students and advertising students and so much knowledge and so much drive that they want to go into something new and unique and different, and we provide all of that. This industry provides that, and so many companies can provide that to them. But if they don't know about it, they're never going to come knocking on the door. And so it would be great if we could take that a step further and to be able to get more people out in the communities to talk to specifically people at a university level. Those are the ones that are the most immediate need to tap into. They're the ones that don't know anything about the industry to be able to say, here's another option. I know you might be looking at XYZ, but here's a $20 billion industry that you can have fun in and be successful in and have longevity. And I think that that's a huge part of it. So I think that definitely, as you say, Promotional Products Work Week does a great job at touching on all these different areas that we really don't as an industry on a day-to-day basis. We aren't out there marketing to people that don't know us just for the heck of it, just to say, hey, here's who we are, just thought you'd like to know. It's really that opportunity to be able to go out and say, here's who we are and you should be paying attention to us, whether as a customer or whether you pay attention to our advocacy work or, or pay attention to us as a potential resource for a future career. It does a great job of that. And I just think we as an industry need to expand on that and get more people involved. Yeah. I was just thinking of this, and this could be like the world's silliest idea, and if it's usually coming from my mouth, it is. But, uh, you, you know, I, 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 try to think, <laughs> I try to think about the fact that you made this comment about how this industry is like a great secret and not a lot of people know about it, yet it's, it's ironic that that is the case given that our industry is so, or the products that are produced by our industry are so ubiquitous and so visible. So I, you know, remember being, uh, when I went to university or or college, depends on what you want to call it. I remember having a lot of pride for the school that I went to and I bought like the logoed merchandise from the campus bookstore. And this was well before I was in the promo business. And I thought it was really cool and there'd be hoodies and hats and t-shirts and all sorts of branded products with the university's name on it. But I never really made a connection to like what was actually involved in the background. I was just like, oh, that's awesome. New stuff has come in. I'm going to buy it and I'm really proud and I'm going to wear this with pride. And I wonder whether there'd be an opportunity for like the campus bookstores, like the, you know, the branding person or the buyer to go into the marketing class at the college or the university and say, listen, I want to run a class on what's involved in building a retail and merchandise collection for this college or university or high school or whatever it may be. And then maybe what they do is they bring in a vendor or two, a distributor or supplier that they might be working with. And what they do is they get into a branding discussion. They get into a discussion around like decoration and like why it is that they chose this color versus this color. And then maybe they get some feedback from people in the room that say, hey, I love that shirt, but I don't like that color, you know. And then that way, it really almost brings the mechanics and the plumbing of our industry out into a space that's considered cool. And I think that that's one of the things that I've always has been my thing in this industry is that there's a lot about this industry that is really cool. And then there's a lot of stuff, and it pains me to say it, that is like so not cool at all. I'll get off my soapbox here in just a second, but 
I look at that and I go, why is it that we're not focusing on the stuff that people love about this industry, the stuff that people pay good money for, for branded product, and yet they never really have exposure to what happens behind it. And all they really think of when it comes to promotional products is, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that keychain that I threw out that was a piece of junk or that shirt that didn't fit me that I got away free at a trade show. They don't associate it with the amazing things that they're actually paying money for to wear or to consume as consumers. So that's my idea. <laughs> but I think it would demystify it and make it a lot more accessible and potentially more exciting to people that are looking to get into the business. I 100% agree with that. I think that the way that you explain that, and it's, it's very simple, we've got the people in the industry that want to do things like that. We have constantly have people that want to get involved. And I think the way you explain it right there is just being able to go in to, say, at a university level, just as part of educating about the industry yeah. and explaining the supply chain to the group of young people, that right there, that's, that's your sales tactic. I mean, exactly. it's one thing to be able to go in and have a canned speech about, this is an example of a promotional product, and, and this Boring. is what it does. And, and, and exactly, it's, it's a very, that's the very old school mindset of it. But if you go in and get people to start to think about the entire supply chain, from the very beginning and look at the things that we get involved with like international trade and tariff issues and, and things like that all the way up through consumer product safety all the way to the end product. You know, all of that work was for that T-shirt that you thought yeah. had next to no value. Yep. Now look at the value and then you take it and go to the next level and say, and then you go see the guy on the street that's still wearing that T-shirt after a year and think about how far that came and how much of that good work went into something that created longevity. Yep. That gets me excited. I'm not even in the industry, and that gets me excited about right. the possibilities that are there because that's what we need to do. We need to be able to explain that better. I think that's really the piece that I feel is missing in the outreach, at least from my perspective. And Jess, I'd love your perspective on this too, that I think we as an industry spend so much time trying to celebrate the product side of it. And that almost comes across as boring and canned. Whereas if you, if you take a page from say the advertising industry or like the marketing industry as a whole, you understand the mechanics of how an advertisement was created. And that advertisement might have been run on a cable TV show that you really enjoyed and you kind of connect with the brand. And so that's very big picture and kind of neat from that perspective. Whereas I don't know that we do that as well in this industry. There's one great example, and we'll put this in the show notes. There's a great NPR radio program called Planet Money. I'm not sure if, if either of you have listened to it or may be familiar with this particular segment, but what they did a couple of years ago is they ran this segment. They were trying to raise money on, I think, Kickstarter for their program, and what they were offering to people who like gave 25 bucks was a really cool T-shirt. You know, and it might have cost them maybe six dollars to produce. I think it was an Anvil T-shirt because you know I looked at the label. <laughs> um, so it was like an Anvil shirt with like a one-color print. It might have cost them like three bucks to make. They were selling it for twenty-five dollars, and they did this whole documentary on how they ordered the T-shirt for Planet Money listeners. And what they did is they sent a team like literally all the way to like Central America where like the cotton was being picked and it was then being sent to like the factory and you know wherever it happened to be and then they were speaking to the workers who were making the shirt and then it was going all the way from Central America like literally right to their offices in New York and it was so well done it was so cool it was so fascinating and I looked at that and I said 
it's like you leave it to people not in the industry to like make what we do so incredible. And I was like, that's what we need to be doing. <laughs> and, and to be sure, there are many people in the industry who are doing great things. But I think that when I looked at that, I was like, that's what we need in order to get younger people fascinated by what we do. That's exactly right. I think that it's about trying to present well, trying to present the industry well in the ways that you outline there, just to be able to say, this is more than just the product. This is a whole unique, very, very unique supply chain. The reality is, is that let's say that a, a college student hears all that and says, that's it. That's what I want to work in. If they're going to go work for a medium-sized distributor company, they're not going to be involved in that exact process on a daily basis. Now, their knowledge of it will serve really well for the industry, but then it's about trying to figure out a way to use their interest within that because that piques their interest in order to keep them around. And that's where there are resources, like at the association side of things, that we can provide to be able to say, let's get you on board with doing some strategic work for us or some committee work or something to get you involved in that supply chain or the protection of that supply chain or, or whatever aspect of it that they're interested in. And then that helps with retention. Because while I would love to say that every distributor and supplier can provide those sort of uh, almost like an extracurricular for the, the people that are coming into their business, it's probably not the reality because they're there to do the job and they're there to increase productivity and to define that sense of culture and all. But I think that there are resources outside of those particular companies that still staying within the industry that can help motivate and protect that person's job and their place within the industry. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, and that actually was leading into a question I was going to ask you, Sat, kind of shifting the conversation a little bit in terms of engagement for younger generations that are currently in the industry. I committed to being on a few boards this year, which was a huge deal for me. And looking at the landscape, there really aren't younger generation representation on some of the boards. I don't know about all of them, but the few that I've seen. And I think that there's untapped passion and enthusiasm in there. I know that there's people who want to be involved, but you know, committing to three years, is, that's a big deal. A lot can happen in three years and in kind of like our age group. And I know you and I are working together on this anyways, but what are some thoughts? Do you have a message maybe about how important it is for the younger generation to get involved and get engaged in our industry and volunteering and boards and, and all of that stuff? Well, and like I said in the beginning, I think it's different depending on each different person. I think that there are opportunities, there's really an endless amount of opportunities as long as it fits into what we're trying to accomplish either as an association or as an industry. So I think it's different for every particular person. And I think that we need to take the responsibility of getting out there and talking to the people that are the younger generation and being able to say, why did you come here? What's keeping you around, and where do you see yourself going within the industry? Maybe it's because our ideas might be very few compared to what's actually out there. So I think that for the messaging to try to get out, I think it comes from those people. I think it comes from the younger generation within the industry because we can come up with many ideas that can help drive a younger generation, and maybe there's an opportunity on the association side for us to be able to provide more for the younger generation, provide more specific things, and to get people involved that are in that category. But I think that that only is so much. That's only step one. Step two, three, four, yeah. and so forth are going to come from those people that have now said, you know what, I'm ready to do something within the industry to help advocate, whatever their opportunity may be. And then 
over time we'll be able to say, here's what else we can provide to keep people sticking around in this. Like I say, I think we're in such a unique industry. We're so tight-knit, and I would like to think that the people that are in the industry are very close to the association in such a way that we can provide those sort of opportunities for people, whereas the companies might not be able to, or we can expand on what certain companies are able to do. Seth, I had a question for you. There recently was an advertising effort that was made by ASI around an infomercial that I believe was shown on CNN around how people could enter the industry and why the promotional products industry was attractive, particularly if you were looking for extra money or you were looking to jump in on a part-time basis. Do you think that kind of advertising helps enhance the image of the industry as attractive to young people, or is it not applicable at all? I think that that type of marketing is effective for specific groups of people, and I think that there are still those people out there that want to get involved in the industry because of its simplicity, because they can do it from home, because it can be tacked on with something they're already doing or some type of interest they already have, or they're trying to get back into the workforce, and this is a good opportunity for them to start breaking into that again. However, I don't feel that that's the correct approach for the younger generation. University level, college degree or not, all of that aside, the younger generation wants to know that there's something more. And, and again, I mean, one person's opinion, but they want to know that there's something more, something different. Or I think for some people, there is an appeal to the work from home dynamic and the idea that you can work part of your day and make a decent living and, and whatever it may be. I think that those people are out there that, that that needs to be marketed to. And those people are very needed within this industry and will always be needed. But whenever you're talking about the younger generation, they want to know, what are you going to provide for me? If I'm doing this work for you, where am I going? What's the next step? And I think part of it is, is that that marketed approach doesn't show the room for growth and expansion. And any young person, college degree or not, they need to know that they've got an opportunity for growth, whatever that may be. Even my parents' generation started working on day one, and if they had that exact same job after 30, 40 years, and they're able to retire from that, they were so content with that idea, that's gone. That idea is completely gone. If you were going to tell a young person, here's day one, here's these resources, start selling, you're going to do really good in this, and in 40 years you get to retire doing this exact same thing, they will run. <laughs> It's just not, that's not the reality. And the, like I said, those people are needed, those, those people out there, and, it, and we're a great industry to be able to provide that. But when speaking about the younger generation as a whole, we need to be able to provide something more than that, opportunities for growth, opportunities to, to develop a sense of culture within a company and to participate in companies and things like that. Yeah. Piggyback off of what Seth just said, you know, I think we're also, we've been brought up in the YOLO experience. So if we're not having an amazing day every day, there's something wrong, you know. And so not to say that, you know, I think we're all realistic. Not every day can be completely incredible. But, you know, the thought of doing the same thing for, like Seth said, for 40 years and not changing and not growing, like that's so anti-culture to what we've been learning and, and experiencing. So for people, it's just like, oh, let's get together. And, you know, it's just it's different. So, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. But I do think that we do have an amazing industry, and especially for women, you know, to be able to go through life changes and, and still be able to 
keep their careers and not having to take a five-year hiatus and be so removed from the marketplace that when they come back in, they're a fish out of water, that, you know, they can continue doing it with flexibility and autonomy. And, you know, and I think we're a brilliant industry to afford that to women. Just taking a look at the time here, it's hard to believe that we're, we've almost been through about an hour here. Seth, we always like to give guests on the show the ability to have the last word. Is there anything that you feel that we should have asked you and didn't throughout the course of the last hour? No, I think you guys hit on some really great topics. And from talking with you, Mark, and talking with Jess before this, it seems like we're able to now have this conversation, and that opens up some doors. But we have to continue to work, the industry as a whole, the, the younger generations, everybody has to continue to work to move and progress this industry with this idea now. And there are definitely ways that I can help. There's ways, Mark, you can help and Jess can help. But I think really it's about trying to deliver this message and deliver it well out to everybody in the industry to say, this is where we are, this is the next step. And so this is the very, very tip of it. This is the very starting point, and we've got to really be focused to be able to say what's the next thing. And whether it be with PPAI's help or not, whatever the next step is, and like I said before, I think we need the younger generation to help us define what that is, but whatever that is, we actively have to take it. I mean, we've, we've got to have the opportunity to do that, and we've got to keep driving forward because ultimately we could get a couple of years down the road and the wheels kind of fall off and some of the resources aren't being utilized well, some of these ideas aren't being utilized, and so we've got an opportunity here to be able to say, this is what's going to drive us forward. This is the people that are going to help move us. And I, I don't think that this conversation or the ideas surrounding it are limited to just the younger generation. I think it's an industry-wide thing, and I think that there are people in every generation within this industry that would get involved with this idea and stand behind it. And so we just need to be able to figure out what, what's the best way to target those people and what does that mean for the industry moving forward. Wow. Well, I'm all fired up now. <laughs> I know. Awesome. Seth, you're amazing. Let's let's go let's go do it. All right. Well drop Steph, the microphone, just walk away. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Seth and Jess, so so great having you co hosting here uh, today. It's wonderful to, you know, have your uh, energy and enthusiasm on the podcast as well. Of course, have been a return, return personality to the podcast. But on behalf of the entire Promo Kitchen community, Seth, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for the time that you've spent sharing your expertise. And I know that uh, there will likely be an opportunity for a return visit at some point. But thank you so much, and have a great day. <laughs>